0: The CNBC app. Global market news in one place. Customizable sections and
1: personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected. Stay informed. Download the CNBC app today.
0: Warm well welcome everybody. This is Squawk Box. Your headlines. Wall Street sells off as Equity markets suffer their worst day since October with the retail buying frenzy in heavily shorted stocks forcing hedge funds to liquidate some positions. Apple delivers its largest quarterly revenue of all time, topping $100 billion. But shares sink in late trade, despite sales across every other product category, category rising. Facebook also falling as the CEO Mark Zuckerberg warns Apple's privacy
2: changes will hurt its business, overshadowing a forecast-beating set of results. And GameStop surges another 134% before sinking in late trade as hedge funds rush to cover their short bets in another volatile session. Hello. Hi. Very good morning. How are you doing? Good. I spent huh. a lovely day yesterday. Mm. I wasn't on air, as, as, no. although my if my mum turned on and said you mentioned me about something. Yes. Uh... Oh well, I just said you weren't here. You were doing a job. She just wanted to check you were doing a good job. Which she said you were. But but I spent a day in the real world yesterday, and it was fantastic. I was looking at real issues for real people in the Mm. real world Mm. about real economies, uh, and and, and we'll come to that a little bit later on. Mm. Now, I'm back in this fantasy world that people are calling the global markets as well. And quite frankly, a lot of Mm. what is going on at the moment is fantasy world because it's so detached from reality, so detached from real fundamentals and real valuations and the real underlying economy that I actually don't have much to say about it because I don't know much about Fantasy World. I know a little bit about the real things that happen underneath the surface, underneath the hood. But let's just tell you what happened in Fantasy World yesterday. We saw the Dow down 634 points. We saw the S&P 500 uh, down 2.6%. Down 2.6% also uh, for the NASDAQ. It was a similar story across the board. In fact, for the week, these are pretty much the declines we're seeing. Although the transports, which I know Jeff thinks has got predictive powers, or some people do anyway, uh, down 4.5% for the week as well. But let's take a look at some of the other uh, indices that were moving as well. Um, stocks were moving as well, uh, and here we saw well big declines on Netflix down six point nine percent Facebook lost three point five percent We mentioned that and the, the after hours move uh, in the headlines as well but 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 what I think's very interesting is is these are great companies, yeah, which one of those isn 't a great company i think it 's fair to say they 're all pretty much great companies we We understand that they are growth companies we understand that they've got phenomenal products, very easy to work out on things like Apple and Microsoft and uh, they're, 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 they're um Cloud products, maybe. but the fact of the matter is, their valuations, well, do they matter at the moment? Or are they being manipulated? Have they always been manipulated? I mean, just chuck those questions out there. Russell 2K as well, uh, yesterday down 1.9%, down 2.8% uh, for the week to date as well. Now, look, we've, I've started off with this real world versus fancy world, but yeah. why don't you... <laughs> uh-huh. Seriously?
0: 301%? Yep. I hadn't even seen that one. Yes, yeah. Well, there's an interesting connection. Go on, you carry on. Well, there's an interesting connection between the wall that you were looking at and this wall here. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but I think the trend continues. So we can spend a bit more time on it. But Tesla was on your wall there and Tesla missed on earnings yesterday. But that hasn't stopped Elon Musk from being very vocal when it comes to supporting this whole crowd of Reddit users who are now chasing these stocks higher and effectively sticking it to the hedge funds who have gone short these positions. Um, Is it... Is there a reason why perhaps Elon Musk wants to divert attention away? Well, the he's had his own of battles with hedge funds, hasn't he? Absolutely. So let's just talk about these for a moment. Um, so we, we spent some time on uh, GameStop yesterday. The stock, as you know, is up over the last six months, something like 1,800 uh, percent here. And the trend for these uh, Reddit um, users to continue to focus on the stocks that are being short by the hedge funds and ultimately place derivatives bets on the other side of the ledger continues here. And we are focused here primarily on the uh, US uh, stocks that have seen this phenomena unfold uh, through recent sessions. But there's a whole slew now of European companies that are also getting the same treatment. And the regulators are having a good hard look at this story. But at the moment, they haven't really broken cover to say whether they think this is a breach of any rules about concert activity. The Massachusetts regulator has already said they dislike the trend but we will wait and we will watch and we will see what the regulatory reaction is. But for the time being we know what this is doing to other uh, key financial products. Let's just show you the the S&P retail ETF. So if you look at the session uh, up 12% 12% here, and this is the Spider S&P Retail Benchmark. So what that ultimately means is, if you have a look at say the um, at the retail ETF, which is XRT, it's up 38% to date. It's up 14% uh, on Wednesday alone. So it even outpaced the underlying benchmark. But there are other passive ETFs that are also up very strongly because ultimately the uh, uh, underlying stocks that are being targeted by this community are driving these passive products higher. Another one, the Webbush Video Game ETF Gamer, up 38%, 21% on Wednesday alone here. I stood at the wall yesterday when you weren't here and I um, talked a little bit about this phenomenon and I said there's an element of uh, David and Goliath about this. This is a a community of retail investors who feel like they're getting one over on the professional hedge fund community and I got a torrent of abuse yesterday on Twitter, but I think that's just standard going. Everybody is outraged at the moment. No, no, primarily from the same people that I was talking about in terms of the David... Well, that's what I did. But it just shows you, I think, that at the moment, for um, lots of good reasons, Mm. there are people that feel that they have been left out over the last couple of decades, shall we say. We've, We've talked about this ad nauseum. Who've been left out when it comes to the return for their labour. And it, it strikes me that even as we focus on this very issue as being very much about some very near-term um, exceptional movements in financial asset prices, the underlying causes of this mm. are a lot greater.
2: Well, well, quite apart from the fact that all those cowards who are keyboard warriors having a go at you yesterday. I mean, no. get a life for a start. Go for a walk. take a dog out or something. Just do something else rather than just spew vitriol, Okay, Just for you ones who are doing that. Now, for the rest of you, uh, there is a real world out there that is being pumped full of vast amounts of capital from central banks and we hope in the US from fiscal support as well. We hope in Europe from fiscal support as well. That vast amount of capital is supposed to sustain companies, sustain individuals, look after them on furlough as well. Actually just douse the board concerns that the market could add another risk uh, to the dreadful situation we are in, with a real-world COVID pandemic, with a real-world economic recession, potentially depression uh, around the corner as well. But no, other people, <coughs> including hedge funds, indeed our little friends in the retail, D- little Davids as well, they are using this money uh, to pump the market, and they are perfectly entitled to. But let's not say <coughs> that this is David versus Goliath. This is about pure greed. And why not? You know, I'm not. I'm a capitalist as well. You can make money, and good luck to you as well. But let's let's save the righteous indignation on both both sides of the trade, shall we as well? You are doing these trades (coughs) purely for momentum, purely to make money as well. Not because you think AMC is worth 300% more than it was yesterday, not because GameStop is worth 135% more than it was yesterday, not because (coughs) Bitcoin, excuse me, I've got a. You're getting emotional about this. No, not because this. Bitcoin is worth uh, no. thirty thousand bucks or forty thousand bucks, or you know it's worth this. You haven't got a clue, like the rest of us. You haven't got a clue if it's worth ten thousand bucks or thirty thousand bucks. You're punting these markets. You don't know whether WTI is worth minus thirty-seven bucks at the April expiry last year, and you haven't got a clue whether Tesla is worth five hundred percent more than it was a couple of years ago. You are punting the market. So let's be very honest about this. Let's save the righteous indignation. Let's save the fact that we're giving one to the hedge fund, or oh, it's one for the little man as well. This is pure about greed. And I'm not saying you're not allowed to punt the markets, but let's just
0: call it what it is. Uh, And to pick up on your point, I think if, if you drill a little bit deeper on that, the central banks and the people that have stepped in every time and saved people from a loss because of the positions they've taken, have ultimately removed what we used to talk about as moral hazard in the markets. That idea that there's a two-way trade, that every time you take a punt, there is an element of risk involved in putting your money in that trade, and there is the potential for that to turn around. If every time you do that, you are rewarded in a Pavlovian sense by the central bankers stepping in to save the markets as they did in 2008 what you then lose is that two-way risk and that sense that this is a market of fear and greed because Absolutely. at the moment it's a market of greed Absolutely. and greed.
2: Absolutely. And look, I, I can't talk to these people who are doing these trades because I don't understand really what I'm supposed to add. I, you think it's going up or you think it's going down. What I can talk to is investors. I can talk to people who want to hold this stuff, not for five minutes or an algorithm that wants to sell it and buy it a thousand times in those five minutes or more than that, I can only talk to you who are investors. So the Mark Hortons of this world, who we're going to speak to in a little while, who actually see a value opportunity in a long-term story as well, a secular change story, uh, a digitization story, perhaps a build back better story to, to, to take the COVID buzzwords as well. They're the only people that we on this channel can really talk to. The rest of them, how can I tell you that AMC is worth anything when I see those kind of moves? We don't know in the short term, but over the longer term, we can look at the business model and say, yeah, we think that one's got legs or no, that one hasn't.
0: Now, look at the, the interesting part is what comes next from here because I talked a little bit about how the regulators are kind of scratching their heads at the moment and trying to work out what to do here because ultimately... If this is taken as market manipulation, then there has to be some form of redress. And you and I have been around long enough to understand what concert party activity means yeah. when it's applied to ganging up to take certain positions. And the hedge funds in the past have been a- as guilty of that, some of them, and they've been found out where it's they have. been exposed. Of
2: course, where do we get the phrase <coughs> burner phone from?
0: Absolutely. But the, <laughs> the, the, the reality is, at this stage, with the technology that's now available, and this is. Is a form of technology disruption, if you like, in the way that these retail investors are using the tools available to them to work together. It's going to be very difficult for any regulator, I think, to step into this and start to say, well, you can't use these boards or you can't act together in this way. Or if we see a group Acting above a certain level on specific trades, then we're going to step All of this doesn't really work.
2: If they get banned from Twitter, they'll go to Parler, and I'm talking about QAnon and and all that. If they get banned from uh, Reddit, they'll go somewhere else as well. You you can't stop this. (laughs) Let's carry on the vein. These are great companies. Tesla's a great company which has shaken up the world, but what their shares are worth, well, I don't know anymore. Look at the valuations. They're extraordinary. Uh, And I'm not trying to pick a fight with Elon Musk. The last thing I want to do. Down 5% uh, in... uh, the after-hours trade for this group. Uh, slipping into reverse, as my uh, producers have written. I think there's a car analogy there. Uh, in extended trade, after missing fourth quarter earnings estimates. This, despite the electric car maker topping revenue expectations and logging another profitable quarter. Tesla apparently fell short of delivery expectations for the year, but was boosted by sales in China, with Elon, Elon the CEO painting a positive picture for 2021 and eyeing average annual delivery growth a mere 50%. Wow.
1: Well, 2020 was a turning point for Tesla and in terms of uh, profitability, uh, we believe this is just the beginning. Uh, We think 2021 is gonna be uh, even more exciting
0: Facebook shares fell almost 2% in after-hours trading as the social media giant warned it expects its advertising business to take a hit after Apple publishes its next operating system update. The CEO Mark Zuckerberg said he now views Apple as one of its biggest competitors with the privacy changes set to impact Facebook's ability to target ads. The social media company beat on the top and bottom line in the fourth quarter, citing a boost from online commerce. Apple has reported its highest quarterly revenue on record, with sales topping $100 billion. Uh, Sales for every product category rose double digit percentage points, but shares fell in extended trade as the iPhone maker didn't provide guidance for the upcoming period. CEO Tim Cook hailed the company's performance, highlighting one sector in particular.
2: It was our best quarter ever for services, with revenue reaching $11.5 billion. We had a blockbuster quarter for iPad, with revenue up 22% from a year ago. This is our highest iPad revenue growth rate in six years. And it was another sensational quarter for wearables, with growth near 50%. This business is now about the size of a Fortune 200 company, an amazing statistic when you consider it's only been four years since we delivered the very first Apple Watch.
0: Tim Cook there. Well, let's bring in Mark Horton, Investment Director for GAM. Mark, a very good morning to you. Um, Yesterday's market action was interesting. I know there's been a lot of speculation that some of the downside was due to hedge funds having to liquidate long positions to uh, offset the losses they were seeing from this short activity uh, from retail investors Just before we talk more broadly about the tech earnings, can I ask you just for your thoughts on what's happening here and how our investment audience needs to think about how they handle themselves in this environment?
1: Um, Yeah, hi, guys. Um, Well, I think that um, from my perspective, the key here is um, that for the first time, I think, in my investing career, we're seeing a real bifurcation Uh, In terms of fundamental valuation, we're seeing a group of companies supported by retail, um, supported by the IPO markets, which look very overvalued to me. Uh, And equally, we've got companies the other end of the spectrum that look very reasonably valued. If we go back to the kind of 2099 analogy, which people are drawing um, there, everything was overvalued. So I think the key here is to keep a clear, cool head to identify names that represent good value and not to get. Uh, drawn into the hype surrounding names which are, um, you know, being driven to uh, really quite extraordinary levels.
2: It kind of means you've got. Good morning, Mark. By the way, um, it kind of means you've got to take a pause, doesn't it? Because I hear what you're saying. You want to invest and you like the the secular story, the longer term story. But if you have, if you see these extraordinary moves, you kind of have to take a step back and wait for it to calm down. The problem is you don't know how long it's going to take. Surely.
1: Yeah, so I think there's a, there's a degree of truth in that. Um, but I think you just have to remain you know, focused and structured. So buy the companies that uh, you have a good long-term story for that represent good value, um, and just avoid those companies which are being sucked into this sort of vortex of uh, retail mania.
0: Mark, let's move you on then, and let's talk about the slew of tech earnings that we had through. As you um, assess Facebook and Apple, um, what do you think these earnings tell us about the the near future and as to whether we should own or want to own these businesses at these valuations
1: so I think you know first of all we had uh, you know strong prints from both companies um, I think uh, the Facebook numbers in particular were extremely good um, and and funnily enough you know there's been a lot of discussion about the um, issue of uh apple closing down some of the ability for facebook to get identification data uh, and yet they're calling for a uh an acceleration of growth um in the first quarter of this year so yeah i don't think that's going to be a particularly significant issue although on the conference call they did talk about it a lot and they talked around the apple threat uh, a lot um But I think that, you know, this company has been through the mill recently. It's on, you know, only about 20 times next year's earnings. It represents one of the cheaper companies and it puts up a really, really strong quarter. Um, On the Apple side, I think the real discussion point is how much of their growth is working from home related and how much is really structural. And that really will dictate the extent to which one wants to own this uh, going forward, I think.
0: Well, the fact that we saw such an acceleration in the services uh, revenue, surely that that gives us a pretty clear answer on that, doesn't it? That um, the iPhone for this particular quarter was less of a significant driver. So there is a real um, coronavirus phenomena at work with Apple. Would you not anticipate that we'll see some of this strength dissipate as we see the lockdowns um, coming off ultimately?
1: Yeah, I mean, my core thesis is that we need to be looking at a, uh, you know, the post-COVID environment. There are names that are clearly work from home, uh, maybe some of the smaller names that I think are very vulnerable to, to a kind of step back or an underperformance period. And then amongst the mega cap names, you know, you've got some which are more COVID uh, working from home related and, some, uh, and, and others that are not. Apple probably sits there as one with a clear boost. Um, you know, The fact that iPad growth was 40%, a new record. Um, really pays testament to that. As you say, services growth, although I think that was also partly driven by the Apple One bundle, um, which was very strong. Um, And so, you know, that may reference into strength for some of the companies involved in that bundle, like Spotify and Peloton, for example. Um, But I think that uh, I think you're right. We will see uh, an element of, of, of dissipation of growth as we move out of COVID. Um, and then amongst the really big companies, a company like Amazon is probably even more impacted in in, in that respect. So I think one's got to just calibrate which companies have had the, the the most benefit.
2: Mark, I'm sorry to take you back to the the broader theme, though. But given the oscillation, the violence we're seeing in these markets as well. Don't our viewers who like these longer term secular IOT stories that you mentioned in your copy as well, and I get IOT, I, 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 I think it's fantastic, but I just think we're going to see some violence continuing. Now, a lot of that violence has been to the upside. Why shouldn't that violence be to the downside and then hit all of these big companies, good companies, secularly change companies as well, hit them just as proportionate as well as people have to liquidate positions?
1: Okay, so I think um, y- 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 you make a good point here but trying to time the market is never easy. Um, I think that there is a risk that these mega-cap companies are hugely over-owned. They form the backbone of many, many portfolios. Uh, I've seen ETFs, um, even mid-cap ETFs in some cases, that have companies like Apple and Facebook and Amazon as as key holdings. So I think the big over ownership issue. And if we do get a a kind of rocky period, then those mega cap companies can easily underperform. And so I wouldn't be against being underweight them. But I don't think you can just be out of the market and hope to try and time a dip because with the amount of money that's being pumped into the system, you know, we just don't know when that dip um, is, is going to occur. So I think, again, I go back to my point, find the companies that are cheap that represent great long-term growth and you know be involved with those uh, and add to them if they come down.
0: Um, uh, And you mentioned the next wave so let's let's talk briefly about that mark reflation is it it's it's postponed is it rather than cancelled at this stage and if so uh, what what do you want to own?
1: So I think that the, 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 there are two kind of main uh, theses here. One is to look for stocks which are beneficiaries of a post-COVID world, so of a kind of more cyclical um, recovery. Um, but structurally, uh, I much prefer now um, a move to what I call digital 4.0, which is the Internet of everything. You know, we've had a big period of success for the platform businesses, but I think we're going to see connectivity uh, of everything, which is going to drive a lot more disruption in sectors like healthcare industrials, transportation, um, automation of knowledge work. You know, I think the opportunity for, you know, for example, the, the Internet of production, the way in which the whole production process can be dramatically uh, redesigned is going to be a big theme over the next three to five years.
2: Lovely seeing you. Well, not seeing you, hearing from you. I actually did see you in the summer, didn't I, when I was out with Mike? But uh, thanks very much indeed for that, Mark. Uh, I'll hopefully see you uh, and speak to you again soon. Mark Horton, Investment Director at GAM. Coming up on the show, the Fed keeps rates and asset purchases steady as it warns the pace of the recovery may be slowing. More on this after the break. Past the podcast. Oh, it's a winner. Uh, more on the retail trading frenzy taking hold of Wall Street and the potential consequences. Check out the Squawk Box podcast.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Um, We'd have talked at the top of the programme about the Fed normally, but to be honest, there was so little in it, really, that was market moving. Uh, We've pushed it down to uh, 26 minutes past the hour. Isn't that the point? That, Well, that used to be how central banks were. Well, no, didn't but like, they?
2: they didn't offer any more candy. That's why the market, boom, oh, I'm going to stop now. Well, they
0: went off and did something else, clearly. <laughs> yeah. the, the Fed has kept rates near zero, asset purchases unchanged. Chair Jerome Powell said the pace of America's recovery has, quote, moderated, and that uh, an incomplete recovery is a bigger risk than a rise in inflation. Powell said the central bank would continue its monthly asset purchases until, quote, substantial further progress has been made on price stability and full employment. Asked whether easy monetary conditions could be fueling the sharp rise in asset prices at companies like GameStop, Powell said, no, he didn't think so. If you raise interest rates and thereby uh, tighten financial conditions and reduce economic activity, now, in order to address asset bubbles and things like that, uh, what, will that even help? Will, will, it, will it actually cause more damage or will it help? So I, I think that's unresolved, and I, I, I think it's, it's something we, we, we look at as, not, not theoretically ruled out, but not something we, we, we've ever done. Yeah, it's like that song. Was that Snoop? Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Was Shaggy, wasn't it? Oh, it was Shaggy? Shaggy okay, yeah. I should get my rappers right. Um, let's
2: have well, a look the at the- difference between Snoop Dogg and Shaggy i i 'll take
0: your word for it, oh yeah, you, you, you should can tell t- me about it later i 'm more of an iron maiden man myself, I know so you are uh, let 's have a look at uh, treasuries. Uh, this is where we are then off the back of Jay Powell and I think the most interesting number for you here is the yield on the ten year treasury. Uh, obviously the ten year uh, is the benchmark that mortgages and lots of other financial products price off, and the fact that now people are talking about potentially slipping below that one percent mark is important particularly as people you know in the recent past have been getting worried about inflationary pressure so that's a quick look at the treasury curves thank you for listening to squawk box europe express for more market moving news you can head to cnbc.com
1: or join us again on the show with jeff Cupmore, steve sedgwick and karen show weekdays on cnbc